Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? I'm Eladio Nino. This is the El Nino podcast, and this is Real Everyday People. I want to thank everybody for tuning in, for sharing, for subscribing. I appreciate you. I want to send a special shout out to my man, uh, uh, Brandon Chapin and the Chapin family, man. Thank you for all the support that you do, for always sharing my posts. And to everybody who's been sharing my posts and subscribing, man, thank you. I appreciate you. Much love. You guys are contributing to my well-being. Um, so I hope everybody had a good, safe Easter, you know, and, and, you know, the best thing about it was seeing all the videos on Facebook and just seeing all the kids have fun, you know, and, and, you know, when it comes to me, I'm just like a big kid, man. I love all the holidays and all that good stuff. So, you know, definitely feels good for that. Always brings people together. You know what I mean? So I appreciate that. Um, but today we got a guest, you know, good, solid brother, got a good story to tell, definitely been through the trenches as well, and uh, where he's at today in his life, he's in a good place, you know what I mean, and, and he's contributing to the well-being of our community, and uh, without no further ado, man, this brother who, who has became a co-worker to a friend, to family, this is my man, Lex Avala. What's up, my baby, you What's good, up, bro? My man. man. Thank happy birthday! Oh, and happy birthday, my man! Thirty-nine today. It just Thank happened you. to work Thank out like that. So, yeah. happy thirty-nine birthday. young, thirty-nine young, thirty-nine man. years young, thirty-nine young, about sixty young. years. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you, know? you feel older than what you feel. So sometimes you, look, you feel young, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Shit, I tell people all the time. I said, man, I got such a youthful spirit. You know, it's like, oh, you're getting up there in age. I'm 42 oh. years old. Right. I said, boy, I feel like I'm 24, just getting started. Big mm-hmm. muscles, you know. You as old as you feel, man. I feel like yeah. I'm still 17, 18, 19, 20, still like being 40, you know. That, that's a trip, being able to just even, you know, be blessed to still be here, you know, because mm-hmm. it is amazing, man. Every day is a blessing. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And just when you wake up with that kind of gratitude in your heart, man, you know what I'm saying? It just changed the dynamics of your day, your life, your direction. You can be at peace with everything, you know, no matter what turmoil is going on around you. As long as you got that, that light inside of you, man, you got you got that peace, man. Yeah, you know? well, you know, I'm a, I'm an 80s baby, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, no uh, doubt about it. I grew up great in the roughest times, Detroit. And, and, you know, experienced a lot, you know. Um, the whole crack epidemic hit my family real hard. Um, yeah, that hit a lot of families, man. 80s, when that crack hit, hit the streets. I mean, across the globe, you know, oh, yeah, across yeah. across the states, you know, that yes. pandemic killed a lot of people, man, and oh. ruined a lot of lives and ruined a lot of families for oh. sure. It, it set our whole hood on a whole different trajectory. Demolished families, demolished families, and demolished people, and demolished fathers. Mm-hmm. Because of that, you know, our our whole generation grew up without fathers, you know, and and we had to live in a place that, you know, now people come to Southwest, it's like, hey, yo, let's go to Southwest, you got these new restaurants, these new bars, all these things, mm-hmm. back in the day, you didn't want to come down there, 
You know, yeah. um, you you had to, you had to be color coordinated to be in oh, certain yeah. places. You had to yeah. know who's who and what's what. But what they always say is, you know where you at when you read the writing on the wall. You know, and that's really how. Even when I went to Chicago, I knew where I was at every block from block because you you know the writing was on the wall to let you know. You know. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, man. Um, you no, know, I but I, I was blessed. You know, um, I had uh, I had solid moms. Um, mm. my Work with you. Tell, you know, tell, tell us about your mom, man. Uh, Angie Reyes. She's so my mom, solid, man. My mom was pretty much like mom of Southwest, you know. Uh, rode in the pack. Always extra kid. Always work with you. 17 years. So kids who had the worst always ended up at. You okay. know. And even. Uh, just a poor single mother, poor. You know, a lot of times we were even poorer than the kids my mom was trying to help. Yeah, you that's know, crazy. Um, and just you know, scraping together, making ends meet, and we rode in a big, big pack. Always, I mean, my crib was no less like ten kids at a time. You know, it was the spot come to. It was a youth center. They had turned your house into a youth center. Pretty much, you know. Uh, we we actually used to fuck with kids on the block, like we're we're a youth home, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, and because you know that's it was it was just a bunch of rowdy little young kids, you know. Um, and it, because of it came a lot of good, but because of it also, you know, um, there's a lot of sorrow. You know, you know there's Absolutely. a lot of a lot of those people they ain't here with. You know, yeah. um, I remember when I was getting ready to hit my adolescence. Um, you're gonna start watching friends become killers, drug drug addicts, hookers, and then you have a couple of them that, you know, and then I watched that old true quick, so, you know. So rapid that I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, too many people who haven't been shot, haven't been in prison. You know, um, most of my homeboys aren't even here anymore. You know, mm-hmm. my my circle I grew up with, majority of them are dead. You know, they're wow. they're, they're 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 gone. And it was you know murder. Overdoses, all types of suicide, you know, mm. all types of you know, just wild shit, you know? and it start making you almost feel, like, you mm. know, um, yeah, because you know, like me, like I wasn't supposed to make it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like like I was the one told that if you keep doing what you're doing, you're gonna end up in prison or you're gonna end up dead. You know, but like I said, you know, back then. It was a win-win for me because of my moral system, my moral values. If I kill you, it's an honor. If you kill me, it's an honor. If I go to prison, it's an honor. So I felt like I was being honorable. You know, oh, that's yeah. where loyalty came from. You I know? mean, um, our culture, the way we brought up, it was you you are a man by how much, how much drugs you could do. What's your talent? Um how much violence? How much violence you could put on another man? Um, how you can control your woman with violence? Yeah, yeah. How many women can you conquer? Yeah, 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, that was your definition of a man. Mm-hmm. But when you look back at our people, that's the opposite definition of what it is to be. You know, not who you conquer, is who you help. Knows what you can build. You know, um, so having to relearn that, really going through these trials, tribulations, um, coming from the hood, make it, it does one or two things to you. You know, makes you want more than you can have, or makes you appreciate what you got. You no, know, <clears throat> and for me, it makes me appreciate God. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I I am no nowhere near a millionaire, but I am rich. You know, mm-hmm. I am rich with love. I am rich with what I do, with giving back, with family, with you know. Um, I don't have many friends, but my friend, my true friends are true, and I only need, need a couple. Mm-hmm. Believe me, my couple will run through a few. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, that that's just what it's, it's like coming from the hood, but. You know, trying to switch it and empower. It, you know, mm-hmm. instead of what kind of what kind of woman was your mother? Now we see she's nurturing, and and you know what? I can identify so much with that for a couple of different reasons. Because my house, when my mother bought her house in River Rouge, that became like a safe house for for many of the youth in the neighborhood, all the gang members, all the homies. You know, even my uncles, my aunts, my cousins, you know, if things didn't work out or they got kicked out or they was beefing or whatever, like, you know, my mom's house was always the place where you can always come sleep. You can always go eat. You needed a place to stay. If you needed somebody to talk to, if you needed a hug, like my mom always had posts around the house, just words, peace, love, joy, uh, uh, thank God. You know what I'm saying? So I used to wake up every day and see these types of things. Then when I went to Mexico, you know, Mexico um, at the time, you know, it was, you know, my vision of Mexico prior to getting to Mexico, like, it's poverty, it's poor, you know, and it is, but they they are rich. They are rich because they, of their moral beliefs, because they're grateful for what they have, and, and their hospitality is, is, they're very welcome, and even though they don't have much, whatever they have, you're welcome to it. They're willing to share, you know, so, you know, I feel like a lot of that comes from from our cultures, from our ancestors, from just traditions of being good, decent people, you know, welcoming people, helping people, you know, inviting people, comforting people, stuff like that. Like, you know, you build a small community within a community. Oh, yeah. Well, my mom has, uh, like I said, my mom, my mom's just, um, mom of Southwest. Dozens, hundreds of kids have come and slept in the house, you know. She's a woman of knowledge. Um, she grew up in the you know 60s, 70s, so she's got that radical, you know, uh, uh, civil rights fight. That brown beret. That- yeah, that that that, but that real like organized like um, revolutionary. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's my mom's. You know, that's where she came. From. That's what that that's what revolution time. Oh, um, and her her dream was to, you know, own the AK. <laughs> Damn, for real? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so that 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 was her youth dream, and and then as she she grew into the community, got older, started working with kids, had kids, you know, hmm. um, 
Where were you at in the four? You said you got three other siblings, right? So I'm the youngest of four. So you're the, the youngest, youngest of four. four. You're the baby. Baby Lex. Okay, I'm, then. I'm the baby. Oh, yeah. I'm the baby. Was you boiled? Oh, oh come on. <laughs> well, are you still boiled up? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm mine's favorites. Always. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, you know, um, it, it, it was it was like growing up in the, in the community. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We There was a lot of us. A pack of us. All the time, you know. Um, my mom's always allowed us to have a friend sleep over. Um, there was always extra. We always had a friend like, hey, you know, this kid's having a hard time. He's got no place to go. Come stay here. Mm-hmm. And moms treat him just like one of the kids. Buy him Christmas presents. Feed him, dress him, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, and raise him, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why most people that, that, that know my moms call my mom's mom. You know, Mama make miracles every Thanksgiving, and you know my mom. My mom has built um, a, a powerhouse juggernaut organization. You know, she's mm-hmm. um, she ain't fucking around. You know, mm-hmm. um, she 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 has done some amazing, amazing things, and is running one of the biggest organizations for Michigan. And you know, touching mills. So mm-hmm. it, it it's it's not bullshit. Like bringing millions of dollars of funding and resources to the community and helping build and create mm-hmm. and you know and just being a part of that that see is amazing. Amazing. Man. Coming from a block like when we started, we were out Ferdinand and Porter. You know, dirty okay. Ferdy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The whole block was drug infested, you know, shootouts, freaking, you know. Because that whole neighborhood, that was all cash flows and counts, counts. back in the day. And, and then, you know, as things got older, it just became drug infested. It didn't matter mm-hmm. who you were, what set you mm-hmm. were, people were spread out, you know, from 75 down to Toledo. You mm-hmm. know, it was just a drug infested street. And you know what? That's what actually built, destroyed a lot of the structure of even gangs and organizations were the drugs and the money. You know, because before everybody was all for being righteous, for uplifting the community, and then all of a sudden you throw drugs and table, I, I, you throw drugs and money on the table, and all of a sudden it's every man for himself now. It's not about the community. It's not about brotherhood or sisterhood or family or unity. Well, or, when you look at like. Um the civil rights movement came through, it was 60s, 70s, right? And it was working real hard. And there's we brown berets, vice lords, all these, right? And then the 80s hit, crack hit, boom. All the uh, um, organizations, like the P-Stones, for example, was a civil rights group. Right, and then the crack hit, and then it changed everything. Right, Absolutely. because there was no, because of Reaganomics and everything that was going on, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. But the the influx of drugs, the influx of crime, the influx of guns, mass incarceration mm-hmm. through through Reagan, through Bush, through all these things, and that that's what really. It just ate the hood. It just destroyed mm-hmm. everything, every family, everything it touched. And we had 
a, a pretty decent community before that. You know, Southwest was a nice place, and it is still, you know, it's becoming again, mm-hmm. but then there's the gentrification, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, during that, that time, it, it destroyed our community, and it destroyed fathers, it, destroyed, it separated our families, it, it, it made such a traumatic change that we had kids killing kids. You know, the, the, the war on drugs created uh, 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 child soldiers in the United States. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I have friends who were shooting people in middle school. Mm-hmm. We're in middle school. Yeah. You know, these are kids. We were children. Think about the age that we're at. Middle school. Middle school. Mm-hmm. Middle school. High school age kids. Mm-hmm. You know, that were the shot callers yeah. at the time. Yeah. You know, these are kids. These were children calling the shots. Yeah. You know, and that's just like being in the Middle East or anywhere else where you have child soldiers. And they don't talk about it like they talk about it here. You know, we had mm-hmm. child soldiers built off of crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. Killers. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up with many of them. You know, from a well, young Well, what age. it is, is it turned our communities into war zones. Once it separated everything and everything became about money, it became about territory, it became about power, it became about money, and it wasn't about your side of town, it's about my side of town. And it just created a lot of division, a lot of a lot of turmoil, you know. But what it did is stop the movement. That movement stopped. When's the last time you heard about the Black Panthers until now? Yeah, I mean yeah. It stopped. When's the last time you heard about the Vice Lords until now? It stopped. It mm-hmm. stopped us in our tracks, and we stopped, and our whole generation is just now picking up from the scraps of that shit. Mm-hmm. It stopped everything. It stopped us in our tracks, and it kept us from moving forward. You know? Mm-hmm. It, it completely destroyed us, and we allowed this money, the jewels, the cars, the flash, the possess. Of course, any poor kid, you know, you give us... You can make shit. I was sitting in my cousin's spot... And he was making $1,200 in a day, and that was a bullshit spot. Mm-hmm. You know, he, my cousin wasn't big balling, you know what I'm saying? He's just a fucking everyday little, little nigga from mm-hmm. the hood. Rest in peace, he's not here no more, you know. Mm-hmm. But you give a kid that much money in a day, mm-hmm. how else he's yeah, going to Yeah, absolutely, feel? especially when you, know? you, when you hungry and your family's hungry and your friends are hungry. Your, yeah. your only objective is to eat. Yeah, but then it lasts. By all long. means necessary. Fast money come, fast money go, and it burns you out mm-hmm. so quick. But you taught that by all means necessary mentality. They teach you that. Only the strong survive. By any means necessary. Live for today because tomorrow's never promised. Mm-hmm. So we never thought about the future. You know, when I was in prison and I had conversations with, like, successful people, there's a lot of, like, prison does not discriminate. They lock up doctors, lawyers, attorneys, accountants, real estate people. Like, you know, you you got really a lot of people, a big boiling pot, and people share their stories. And that's actually what motivated me to start this podcast. But at the end of the day, I learned so much from them. You know, and hearing all these stories and understanding how different communities were impacted by, you know, different, by different, um, you know, uh, situations. So my thought is, right, you take that same, that same 
mindset, that same drive, that same determination, and you switch the game to where it, it we're building instead of destroying, mm-hmm. right? You got brothers who who are willing to go that distance, willing to push that mile, right? How much power can we really build when we stop fighting each other? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, how much power do we really have when we had the determination to 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 do shit that most people couldn't even phantom in their mind will give them nightmares, right? Mm-hmm. You you have that that type of determination and you switch the hustle. Okay. To building your community instead of destroying your community. Mm-hmm. That's what scares people. The organization is what scares people. The the the, the fight of our people is what scares people because when you look at it, it's just a it's a way to keep us down, so that way our people can't claim what's rightfully ours. Mm-hmm. Right? This is our space. This is our land. We were here first. Alcohol, um, a, a, a lack of resources to scrape amongst and fight amongst each other and divide us up mm-hmm. and make it me versus you instead of us versus them. Mm-hmm. But if we take that same drive determination that we're doing fighting with each other and point that the other way, Mm-hmm. Now that's power. No, oh, absolutely. And that's where I'm trying to move people to. That's what my goal in life is is for. Is to move that drive, that determination, that that grand hustle that's in us mm-hmm. to be able to sell snow to a snowman. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and switch that hustle to building power amongst us. Mm-hmm. See, because you know everybody looks at the term hustler, and automatically they think drug dealer. You know what I mean? But you know the term hustler is somebody who has a means of being able to make money in more ways than one. You know what I'm saying? I, you know people they are crafty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People oh, are mechanics. Yeah. They teach themselves. You know anything that you do, you can be a mechanic. You can be a carpenter. You can be a painter. You can be uh, you know anything. It's it's all a hustle. You, you put know? that grind into the hustle, and it, you can make anything happen, man. Mm-hmm. As long as you stay with that 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 drive, that determination, that hustle, mm-hmm. and the consistency. Mm-hmm. Despite failure, despite anything that happens, you stay consistent despite the bullshit, despite the haters, despite everything else that's going on around you. And mm-hmm. you stay consistent in what you're doing and building and building and building and building. Eventually, you're going to build an empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, each one teach one, man. That You know, that's a theory for me that works. Um, and, and it all starts with you. I also believe that you have to be the change that you want to see. If you want to see this in your brothers, your sisters, your community, you know, with your family, your friends, like, you know, I have a huge family, bro. You know what I mean? And um, and I do my best. I want to reach them all. I want them all to reach the point to where I'm at of consciousness, you know, of awareness of who I am, my communities, my goals, my missions, knowing how to dream because, you know, it's a lot of my family, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're stagnant. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Like they've been yeah. living the same way for like 30 years, you know, 40 years, 50 years. This is my family. I love my family. You know what I'm saying? But just like I want better for myself, I want better for them. You know, but at the end of the day, bro, like like um the best thing I could do is just be a living example of what doing right and doing good and being righteous looks like. You know what I'm saying? Being spiritually inclined, being mentally inclined, you know, in advance to be able to create opportunities until you become an opportunity. You know, I, I started to learn these things when I started to hold myself accountable. You know what I'm saying? For you're my being own the light actions. in the dark, bro. You're you're that you know, um when you surround yourself by darkness, one little spot of light, right, mm -hmm. will shine through so bright that it, it just captivates you. It's mm -hmm. like a beam of light. Mm -hmm. It's just one little pinhole of light, mm -hmm. right? You crack that pinhole and you start, like you said, uh, teach one, greet one, right? Each one teach one. Each yeah. one teach one. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Each but, one greet one. Huh? Yeah. But but you 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 start you know building on that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Every little pinhole is even more light. You know, every brother that you teach is gonna give that little bit more light, and then before you know it, we all standing in the light. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about really the legacy that you want to leave behind. Personally, me personally. You know, because when I wasn't righteous, when I was a gang member, drug dealer, clearly I hurt a lot of people in this path because there's rules of engagement. You know what I'm saying? There's a certain code of ethics I had to live by. I abided by in the streets, in prison. And I come home and I said, you know what? Before I get home, I need a new I need a new belief system. I need a, nor a new moral system. You know what I'm saying? So I started to break myself down from the very beginning, from childhood. Everything that I learned, everything that I see, everything that I was taught, I had to reprogram myself. You know what I'm saying? To be able to come home and be an asset to my community. Because people always used to ask you, are you going to be an asset or are you going to be a burden? Who wants to come home and be a burden when my whole life has been burdensome? I've been burdensome to myself and to my family, my friends, my community. You know what I'm saying? And now it's like, bro, every day I wake up with a thriving mentality, a thriving attitude. You know, everything that, you know, everybody I encounter, everywhere that I go, my mission is to leave something righteous with you, something good with you. You're not a burden no more. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you're, you're a teacher now. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You're, you're a builder, you know. And a full-time student, uh -huh. you know. Uh, well, life is, life is being a student, you know. Mm -hmm. You should never stop learning. You know, to the day you die, you should learn. But when you, you know? live in the hood, though, you think that you've already reached the point where you know you know enough to survive, and then you stay there. You know what I'm saying? And that's really unfortunate because. To survive, you know what I'm saying? And my, my whole concept is getting past the survival stage, you well, know? It's how can I say it? Um, we're we're teaching those who who never been taught, right? Mm -hmm. We were never really taught how to be men because there was never men around to teach us. How to, that's something that mm -hmm. a lot of people in the hood have to learn about, you know. Um, and it's that same aspect, man. If we're not building up the little brothers, little sisters, if we're not reaching back, if we're not teaching those, like, look, there's a better way. Look, you could be accepted without this, 
without the violence, without the drugs, without anything else. You could just, here you are, here's these opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. You give someone opportunity and guarantee they're going to grow. It's the lack of opportunity that 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 puts people in these positions, right? But but even integrity, even valuing the concept of having a job, maintaining a job, taking orders, you know, being tolerant. Like it's one thing if I say here, here's a job for you, but if I don't teach you any social skills, any communication skills, any oh, integrity, yeah. being of, of your palabra, being of your word, you know, showing up to work and you know, things like that. Like there's so much more that comes with like, it. If you got food in the fridge, who gives a fuck about teaching a, a, a job skill or, yeah. or anything else right now? No. Right now it's like I gotta get out there and get what I gotta do to get, feed my family tonight. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and it's helping people move past that, and you know, it, it's it's not easy. It's yeah. not easy, you know. And we do a lot with little, mm-hmm. but you know what? What we're doing is working. What we're doing is making a difference. And even if you're just cracking the hole in one person, if you're putting that one pinhole light and letting one brother see the light mm-hmm. for the first time ever. Oh, oh absolutely. Then, yeah. then we we we've. Uh, we've we've succeeded, you know. Yeah, for and, sure. And that's what it's all about. And you know, it's not about reward. It's not about you know. I'm 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 a vessel of, uh, of God's work. You yeah, know? for sure. I, I do I do what's meant to. Not because you know, it's it's trendy. It's because mm-hmm. it's what's meant to be done. Because what's meant to be done is is for us. You know, for our people to to build our people to grow and really give our people the 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 things that we need to be happy, man. And that's what it's all about: the pursuit of happiness. That's the American dream. Mm-hmm. But you it's know? about what happiness looks like. For some people, money is happiness. You know, sex is happiness. Possessions is happiness. I was taught money is a tool. I went to a, a, a training on Wall Street. On Wall Street, money is the tool. It is not the 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 key. It is not the goal. Money is a tool. You use that tool to create your happiness, but money will never bring you happiness. It is just a tool to use. Okay. Money is never the goal. Absolutely. Happiness is the goal. I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you put money as the goal, then you become one of the money grubbing motherfuckers who don't give a shit and you're really just fuck anybody over over money. Mm-hmm. So money's not the goal, you know? Mm-hmm. Happiness is the goal. Mm-hmm. Money is just a tool. My man. So um so let's talk about a little bit about our work, man. What we do now, where we're at in our life. We all talked about the trenches, the you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything we've been through. But where we at now is grown men. You a father now, right? Yep, father okay. of two. Got a little girl. Got a little boy. Uh, more than I can ask for, man. They're healthy. They're beautiful. Uh, my son's four. My daughter's uh, shit about to be two. Man, um, they get big quick, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I remember when I first started working at the agency, the baby was they, just yeah, born. Yeah, you know, it was a just brand little, new baby. Littles. Yeah, now, I mean, they talking, they fighting, they're they're arguing, you know. you know. And I always see them every time we got Zoom meetings with our staff meetings and yeah. stuff. Oh, I see yeah. the kids running up. Hey, how you doing? And oh, yeah, they hop like, on. 
take over the, my camera and all that good stuff. They're little, uh, the boardroom babies, you know. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so how long did it take your mother to get, um, you know, to get to where she's at today with the Detroit Hispanic Development Corporation? Like the DHDC is like a, a, a huge co contributor to a lot of well-being to a big part of our community, you know. And I've learned so much just. How 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 was it growing up with that, and how did you guys get to where you're at today? Um, so my mom started at DHCC when I was 15. Um, uh, Fort uh, uh, Porter and Fernand, right? Okay. Um, the uh, beat down little corner house, uh, probably most beat down crib on the whole block. Mm -hmm. um, and that that that's where it started out of, you know. Um, mm -hmm. My mom always worked with kids, and uh, she left to start um, uh, one organization to start her own organization. And um, she was able, her and a couple other community leaders um, that were working with kids, with this, with a bunch of leaders together to call the troops. Mm -hmm. um, that happened um, right before Devil's Night, um, and that's where uh, Devil's Night actually became Angel's Night. Okay. Well, well it was yeah. from that original truth. I remember when they changed that. Um, yeah. And and uh, they were they called the truce in exchange for jobs, right? Um, there's a priest out in California, uh, Father Boyle, um, that we model a lot of our, our work out of. Um, he, he always says nothing stops a bullet uh, like a job. Mm -hmm. Right. So literally, you know, we had uh, dudes who were one day shooting at each other, next day working with each other, you mm -hmm. know, at the the, these, uh, the Hispanic Manufacturing Center. And then all the programs kind of grew from there. You know, um, I was a kid. I was still a knucklehead, you know, um, went through my my things. And um, were you in a gang? Did you ever join a gang? Um, I never joined a gang. I never got like a VN, anything like that. But you know, I grew up around gang bangers. Um, Who'd you used to hang with? Shit, everybody. Okay. Um, yeah. Folks, cash flows, counts. Um, because my mom worked with so many youth. Mm -hmm. um, and then because I got such a big family. Yeah, hell yeah. You got um, cousins and all kinds of gangs. And yeah. You know, your your friends, your neighbors, the people you grew up with, all gang members. And I learned at an uh, early age that it, it was just what block you happened to be born down or where you grew up with mm -hmm. didn't really change the fact if you was cool or not. You know what I'm saying? You were red, you were blue, you were green. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't really matter. And, you know, it was also easier to make money when you didn't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... I, I had the opportunity to grow around, grow up around a lot of different brothers from a lot of different sets. Okay. Um, and that's uh, beneficial, too. And, and you know, um, when I started working with kids, that, that came into handy because the, the, the people I grew up with, my family, my friends, and all that, by the time I started working with kids, now I had rank. 
so mm -hmm. so then it was easy for me to be able to go in and like you know get hits taken off for kids um call call peace between people we'll get beat between different sets little different bullshits here and there between a lot of the the youngest that was going on mm -hmm. you know so um that that's really how i started my work at dhcc was doing that type of work and then as i started doing it and you know i was still young i was really you know um i never had an intent to stay at dhcc um so like I shoot video, I, I I do graphics, I ran a record label for a long time, I, you know. All, um, all that you did through the DHDC? No, no, I did that. Oh, these are things that you did the, independently the, the, on your Independently own. on my own. Okay. And was actually, was getting ready to leave DHDC to go and do my media company. And then there was a, a, a situation with management staff and there was a need for me to step back in. Okay. So I had to step back in, and when I stepped back in, I stepped into management, right? Okay. So then um, when I stepped back in, things changed because now I was not just working with, I started to build, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't just working with the kids. I was I was building with um, the mayor. I was building with, you know, politicians. I'm building with foundations. I'm building with people where we're... Uh, where the money's at, where the power's at, mm -hmm. right? And and that that kind of you know was like whoa, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no um, doubt. People are building policy. People are building, uh, putting hundreds of thousands of dollars behind words that I'm saying. You mm -hmm. know, and well, sharing your stories. Got, you know, it's sharing the stories of the struggle that make them want to help. You know. Uh, but but it, it it definitely showed me like you can use this that, that's why I talk about using that hustle game in a different aspect, mm -hmm. right? You say, take that same drive, that same hustle, and and now I'm using it to to hook up with people who have the access to the money, who have the access to the power, who have the access mm -hmm. to to all these different doors, right? Mm -hmm. And and really helping to grow this thing. You know, when I started at DHCC, the youth program was pretty small. Um, mm -hmm. It wasn't the big, it was the smallest program that they had, you know. We blew it up, and it's now the biggest uh, uh, youth program in the state of Michigan. Wow, I believe it, though. You know, we had, we, we And the robotics program is the biggest in the state as well, I believe. Yeah, we, we, we build with more kids than anybody else, and we're doing things like, you know, it's not just a recreation center, right? Well, uh, we had a, a research study done, and the counted numbers on all the different organizations, blah, 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 blah. The only uh, people who were doing bigger numbers than us was the YMCA, mm -hmm. you know, in the entire state of Michigan. Mm -hmm. You know, and that... that so, so you're saying that the DHDC was compatible to the YMCA? Yeah, this is national funded organization. This they, they got dough, they got swimming pools, they got basketball courts. We got a dirty, dusty ass warehouse. Where, mm -hmm. where I have my homeboys come out and paint graffiti art on the walls, and we built our own walls, fucking riggedy, skiggity ass <laughs> walls. Mm -hmm. Then we built music studios and things in, and brought people in. You know what I'm saying? And, and built it from scratch, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, there there was nothing like that then, 
You know, mm -hmm. when I first started writing grants to put hip hop into the grant, meant meant that you automatically got declined. You well, know, yeah. to 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 put anything, we're gonna build a music studio. We're gonna teach kids how to shoot music videos or or do anything like that. They're like, no. Mm -hmm. But then when we started and shit started to get rolling, you know, it, um, in the beginning it, it brought in a lot of recognition. So like in the beginning, um, got to work with uh, Russell Simmons and Def Jam and mm -hmm. um, all that and do the Hip Hop Summits when it came to Detroit. Wow, that's sweet. Um, so we started organizing the Hip Hop Summits. And actually, the, the program that I founded was called the Urban Arts Academy. It was a, was a hip hop based high school. Okay. Right? And that, that was our, our the first youth program we started working with. It was an alternative school for people who had dropped out to wow. um, to be able to get their, their high school diploma in a year. Mm -hmm. And instead of uh, gym and shop class and things like that, we had music production, Graffiti art and graphic design, mm -hmm. video production, mm -hmm. uh, uh, printmaking, breakdancing classes, all these things, right? Those were our electives, mm -hmm. right? And then we had, you know, it was uh, 17 to 21-year-olds. And you know, we had a bunch of rowdy-ass young. Yeah. Did they ever scrap with each other? Did you, I'm sure, you know. Um, or was and, that like and, a neutral ground? In the 17 years I've been at DHCC, because we build so much respect with the people that we, we work with, mm -hmm. we've had maybe two fights break out. Okay. All right. Um, and they were um, no, nothing real big, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, because respect is, is, is your first ground. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Your biggest yeah. protection anywhere is respect, you know. Well, um, we're here for you. We're, it doesn't matter. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Where you come from, what you do, what your background is, you come mm -hmm. through here, you're going to get love. You know what I'm saying? You know, bro, I'm, I'm really grateful even for the love that, that, you know, your mother, your family, the DHDC has showed me. You know, I, I mean, I came out, bro, I was a convicted murderer. You know what I'm saying? And and I went. I had the opportunity. I spoke to. Uh, you know, I had went there for the um for the tattoo removal program to get some my gang tattoos removed. And um you know I ended up meeting Mona, and then I met Rosie, and then I ended up meeting um your mother. And you know I told them my story, bro. And like they didn't hold my past against me. Like they understood it. They seen the growth. They gave me the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And even since I've been there and working with you, like you done brought me to the table, bro. You know what I'm saying? I've been at meetings and conversations with the Kresge Foundation, with uh, McGregor, you know, with, with organizations like My Brother's Keeper and, and the Boys of Men of Color and returning citizen training with, you know, people from different foundations. And it was like, man, like you guys really empowered me. And I, and I just appreciate that you guys gave me an opportunity to show you what I'm made of, you know. And it's crazy because all the skills that I applied today, I learned through the mud, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I yeah. learned all these things, bro, and they've really benefited me today. And when I, I mean, first entered the DHDC, I was so amazed at, at because I was like, damn, I wish I you know, had these things available when I was a kid, bro. Like I came in, you guys had a meditation room. I said, man, these people are so inclined with the culture and with spirituality and, and in the well-being of the youth because you're teaching them 
how to be spiritually inclined, how to how to how to meditate, how to be humble, how to be focused, how to be respectful. Well, it's about it's about turning your pain into medicine, mm-hmm. right? Turning those those life lessons, those trials, those tribulations into teachings for the next generation, right? Mm-hmm. And that being said, I got I got. I got something for you. What? I got something for you. My man. Um, we, we, we got a screen printing shop now. We make t-shirts. We make mugs. We make banners. Um, uh, you got uh, technology design in there. Get so, out of here. Man. What the? 2016. Oh, I got crazy. a letter from a brother locked up. Damn, crazy, bro. Um, That's crazy. Oh, my God. He, he wrote to me about how he wanted to change his life around to come back to the hood and do good things. And five years later... That's crazy, bro. He walked in through our door. I got goosebumps on me, bro. And this is the letter you wrote to me. Man. Five years ago, telling me why you were still locked up. That you was ready to change your life around and come home and make a difference. <laughs> oh my God, bro! So I'm, this I'm this man, is this bro. is that leather here that shows man. you are the master of your destiny. You create the world that you want to live in. Man, that's crazy, and bro! From that is behind amazing. bars to where you at now, man. Man, thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. This is crazy, bro. Let me scoop this up. Yeah. This was your boy at Newberry. I was at Newberry Correctional Facility. Yeah, there's the address, everything. That's when I wrote the DHDC from in prison. I was already in prison. I had a magazine. I seen an article about the Detroit Inspect Development Corporation and their youth program. And I wrote him a letter. I said, I'm still in prison. I'll be out. You know, I'm coming home. I want to be able to work with them, you know. I want to be able to work, you know, with the youth. I want to be a contributor, you know. This is a letter that I wrote them while I was still in prison. So, man. it just shows, man, full circles. You are the master of your destiny. And, brother, you've been doing amazing work since you came home, man. Man. And you should be proud of yourself, Thank you. Man. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Thank you. So, this might be my birthday, but this is your gift, my brother. Man, bro. Thank you so this much. This is the gift that you've given to I really us since appreciate you came home, this, man. man. This means so much to me, bro. Because, um... You know, you're right, bro. This is when I made my mind up. When I started, that's, that's when I was reaching out. I was reaching out like, you know what I'm saying? All I wanted to do was good. You know, I had reached a point in my life where I just wanted to right all my wrongs. I wanted to get good with God, and I just wanted to live good for the rest of my life. And this letter, bro, this started with this. It started with that magazine, and then this letter, and to where I'm at today, bro. You know what I'm saying? Thank you so much, man, for, you know what I'm saying, every opportunity that... You know, you guys have given me, man, because I tell you what, bro, it's empowered me. You know, I remember the first meeting I was at, you took me at downtown. I was nervous as hell. But when I finally sat down, I said, damn, it dawned on me. I done went from having gang meetings in my mom's garage to being at the table and my my voice matters. 
You know but what I'm saying? And boardrooms and skyscrapers downtown, baby. Yes. 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 I love that, bro. Yes. And it felt really good, man. I felt like I'm on the right path, man. Yeah. And, and I that, can't believe you guys still got power. the letter, bro. That's, that's crazy. building power, brother. Y'all. And we're doing it together, yeah. though, bro. That's you right. You know what I'm saying? Doing it together. That's and, right. uh, you know, big shout out to Angie Reyes, man, you know, because... Um, you know, she she give people say, uh, chances. She she believe in you. She give you an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, I'm just I'm grateful for everything I have, and I live I live to serve. You know what I mean? And uh, and and I love I love my life. I love my job. I love you know the people that I'm surrounded by, and uh, I just want to be able to contribute in any and every way that I can, man. And I'm just really so grateful, man, for this letter, for this picture, and that you know that you guys even saved it. You know what I'm saying? It means so much to me, man. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, Maybe thank you, man. man. You know, thank you, man. Doing I awesome appreciate shit, man. This is dope. Yes, absolutely. Uh, El Nino, watch out, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the item, huh? This yeah. is what you brought, That's man. That's what I bought. So this is why you were so excited, yeah, bro. Yeah, I was like, man. I, you almost got a tear out of me, dog. Yeah. I said, oh, oh Lord. <laughs> I said, man, bro, this yeah. is really amazing, bro. I was like, oh, bro, I got to give this to you, bro. I got to give this to you, Man, that is so dope, man. I really yeah. appreciate that so much, man. Yeah. And just that everything that we've done and accomplished since then. Oh, it's you another know. one that can go up in your office space, man. Hell yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you been to the office. You yeah. see, definitely got to make place uh, for that. So let's talk about a little bit about the projects that we got coming on in Corktown. You know, Corktown is, you know, it's it's starting over. It's building back. It's you know, a lot of business opportunities. And, like, let's talk about what we're doing, though, our part at the DHDC. Um, I mean, there, there's, I mean, where do I start? Uh, well, uh, the big thing to me, the Fantasma, okay, the, the Fantasma uh, Market. So we got um, the Fantasma Market, um, which is coming soon. So we're, we're rebuilding out our space, new patio space outside, um, uh, redoing the, the front of our building um, to create the Fantasma Market, which is um, it's it's the business model is a ghost diner food hall, right? So pretty much, it's a restaurant, except where we're not creating the food. Excuse me, I got hiccups now. Um, but uh, uh, we're going to have different chefs come in, different pop-up uh, restaurants come in, serve different food. Um, have everything from soul food to Taco Tuesdays to... Um, um, we're working on a, a, a tech festival with Tech Troy. Um, all types of uh, uh, dope things coming out. Entertainment every week, food, uh, vendor booth. So it's pretty much like a, a street market that we're opening up in Corktown, um, using that that Latin flavor to it. Of course, you know, making sure that Corktown still has that historic Mexican flavor, that Latino flavor that that originated in.
playing for six for six. He had to cancel Cinco de Mayo because of COVID. COVID. So we're not really opening up. So, but we're, we will we will be opening up once our patio space is finished being built. We're gonna have uh, different restaurants deliver drinks now to our building, so that you can come and have a couple drinks. We got the Porter Street Night Market that's gonna be open up every Friday night, from Porter and Trumbull all the way down to uh, Holy Trinity Church, uh, down by the lodge. Two hundred different vendors, um, food booths, drinks. It's gonna be an open carry drink area, ready to start doing car wraps. Um, all types of whatever print products you need. If you're an artist, you need canvases duplicated, things like that. We're getting ready to do too. Um, we got our music studio, green screen that we're getting ready to start renting out. Um, so, like, if you need to record, if you're an artist and you want to make music, we got one of the illest studios in the city. We're recording on the same shit Rihanna's recording on right now. You know, mm -hmm. um, we got uh, one of the biggest green screens in the city. It's like the second or third biggest green screen in the city. Um, so uh, we got everything. Lights, camera, action, you anything you need. If you're an artist, you're a chef, you're 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 uh, uh, want to create your own clothing line, jewelry, anything like that, hit us up, uh, dhdc1.org. Um, and we'll help you out, man. We got uh, Chase Bank coming in that's going to be helping people um, build their business plans. The Detroit Regional Chamber of Commerce as well, helping uh, businesses build their business plans, especially if you're Latinx or African American business. Um, they got special loans that are coming up for people. So when you come to us, you're not just getting the space to be able to sell your product, you're getting resources, you're getting money behind you. And we're trying to build wealth. You know, we're trying to build wealth in our community. We're trying to build color wealth. All right. So hit us up. You know, um, and and anything you need, we got you. Definitely reach out. Now things right now are a little bit, you know, unpredictable due to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Right mm -hmm. now, Michigan, we're like number two or three in rising cases. So you know, we really don't know what's going to ha happen to our state, you know, from one day to the next, but we're going to keep everybody in our prayers because it seems like this round of, of COVID has been really laying people down. People are really getting sick. People are really struggling, struggling and suffering from this. So, you know, we're keeping everybody in our prayers, but at the same time, we're still being uh, ambitious about what the future is going to look like for our community and for the DHDC. You know, and I'm just, you know, I'm just really proud, you know, even, you know, even within my first 30 days, they gave me an opportunity to speak and tell a story at the, at the Little Gem Theater over there next to the, uh, Comerica Park and um, <clears throat> won a $50,000 grant for the, for the company within 30 days of me being in. And, and, you know, that was, that was an absolute blessing that they had enough confidence in me and trusted me to be able to go do that. And, uh, you know, I'm really grateful that off bat, I was able to be a contributor and I want to keep on. You know, being a contributor to my community, to my people, to my family, to my friends, to my co-workers, and, and, and to myself, you know. But, uh, you know, we're at the point right now where we're going to give you the opportunity to sign the Wall of Fame, my dog. You know, my dog, Lake Zavala, play. And it got me upset.
This has been an episode of Real Everyday People, part of the El Nino Podcast. Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.